this week's edition for the YZFTX podcast. This is your host, Ezra Siddiqui. As a reminder, YZFTX is my platform to inform the South Asian and Muslim communities about Texas and national politics. You can find us on all forms of social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at YZFTX. You can check out our website, www.yzftx.com. You can also follow us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud to continuously listen to our podcast. And last but not least, our podcasts are also aired on Radio Azad on Coffee Mornings with Aisha on Mondays. All right, everybody, the Texas primary is now over, so I can finally stop obsessively texting my friends, reminding them to wise up and vote. I have been really persistent, and I hope I got some people out there to vote. Uh, Just a little info, Texas primary is the first primary in the country, so naturally there was a lot of media coverage, national media coverage. Um, But before I get into that, I kind of want to go into some of the specific races and break it down. So starting with the U.S. Senate, you had Beto O'Rourke winning it for the Democrats and Ted Cruz winning it for the Republicans. They both won their seats um, pretty easily. Uh, The Republicans have had a lot of animosity towards Ted Cruz, but he still did really well in the primary. Um, Beto's numbers in the Democratic primary were not strong. Given the amount of campaigning and fundraising he amassed, he only attained about 62% of the vote. And it really should have been much higher. So obviously he's having difficulty with name recognition. Um, the other thing is, is his competitor, uh, Sema Hernandez, uh, got 23.7% of the vote. And she got a lot of the border counties. And if you look at the map, um, it's actually on my post on my blog, you can see that she's won these border counties. And it looks like that's where Beto needs to go next in his campaign stop to attain more name recognition. Another thing to point out is that for many Hispanics, like South Asians, they have a wide range of political preferences. Uh, One case in point is that 40% of Hispanics voted for Governor Abbott in 2014. So they're not all for Democrats. And Hispanics in the Rio Grande Valley Um, are different than the Hispanics that are in El Paso or in some of the bigger cities. Um, They care a lot more about border security and they're very pro-life in comparison to maybe the other Hispanics in other major cities. So we see in Beto's platform, he's pretty outspoken against Trump's wall and his pro-choice. So I think it'll be interesting to see if if he's able to get these border counties to come out and vote for him. Ted Cruz has already begun his advertising against Beto, making a nice little jingle and uh, making fun, I guess, of his name, Beto. And um, while, yes, his, you know, he's already targeting Beto's campaign, I think this could potentially help Beto in the sense that he may attain more name recognition because everybody would be like, why, who is he talking about, you know? Who is this Beto guy? And may start researching him and may actually find his platform more likable to them. Who knows what can happen with that? But... I think um, for Beto's numbers, it was it was slightly disconcerting for the Democrats, but I think he has enough time up until March um, to really get the momentum going and to see if he can continue his long campaigns and start campaigning in those counties where he didn't do so well. All right, let's move on to U.S. Congress. Um, there is going to be several primary runoffs for the congressional seats for both parties. Um, one of, th- or two of the big uh congressional seats, uh, Sylvia Garcia and Veronica Escobar, secured their places in the Democratic primary, and 
they are in a heavily Democratic district, so they are projected to win in November and most likely head to D.C. And if they do, they would be the first Latina women from Texas headed to Congress, which is a huge accomplishment. Uh, personally, for me, the most interesting primary runoff to watch is going to be Texas District 22, which is the Sugarland, Katy, and Pearland area, and that will be in the Democratic primary runoff. Um, you have Sri Preston Kulkarni, whom we have interviewed, who is half Indian and half white, and then you have Leticia Plummer, who is an African-American Muslim. Uh, Texas District 22 is an incredibly diverse district with both a very large South Asian and Muslim population. So. I think it'll be very interesting to see how um, that plays out and if um, what the different dynamics would be with that, given it's such a diverse district. But at the end of the day, whoever wins that runoff is going to have an uphill battle in November against Pete Olson, who is a current representative from that district. Um, also, if you're living in Collin County, it seems like... Uh, State Senator Van Taylor has secured the spot for the Republican uh, primary for that district. And, you know, he is going to have a competitor, a Democratic competitor. So it'll be interesting to see also how that plays out as well. Because Collin County is considered to be a diverse and changing district um, to see how Senator Van Taylor intends to, if he intends to cater to it or cater to what is the previous norm of Collin County. All right, moving on to state races. Uh, for statewide offices, you have governor, lieutenant governor, the comptroller, um, agricultural commissioner. Anyways, for Republicans, all incumbent office holders easily won their races without having to go into a runoff. Um, the agricultural commissioner, Sid Miller, and general land officer, um, George P. Bush, who is um, President Bush's nephew, um, they were both projected to have tough primaries, but easily secure the necessary 50% of the vote to avoid a runoff. Um, for Democrats, all statewide offices are set for the November election, except for the governor's race. The runoff race between Lupe Valdez and Andrew White will be on May 22nd. Um, and if you look at the way uh, each county voted, which is again on my blog, you'll see that similarly, um, like Beto, Andrew White is needing to campaign more in the border counties. Um, for both of them, they have minimal name recognition. So this runoff, I feel, can go one of two ways. Whoever wins the runoff has a much shorter time to campaign for the November election. Plus, with Governor Abbott, he has a large chest of money to really work on his campaign and so they'll be going up against that and I think if that is the case and they have continued to have minimal name recognition it's going to be a huge loss for Democrats for the governor race um, but if there are some potential debates between Lupe Valdez and Andrew White I think it could bring in some much needed name recognition you know people will talk about it it'll be projected on the media, more people hear about it, and it may add more momentum um, to this runoff, which could carry over into the November election um, and potentially make it competitive. So it's all kind of up in the air and we'll see how that goes. All right, on to state, house, and senate races. Um, there were a few close races, but nothing super exciting here. Um, a former Democrat, Trey Martinez Fisher, looks like he's most likely coming back to the house. He won his Democratic primary. Um, Representative Jason Vialba is a Republican um, representing parts of the Dallas area. He lost his seat to a Tea Party member in the primary. Um, you have another Austin representative, uh, Duana Dukes, who also lost her seat, but given her current legal fights, it was somewhat expected. Um, end result for me is these races were important, but who wins the speakership in January? As I've mentioned, Speaker Strauss is resigning. I think that's really going to decide how things go legislatively in Austin. 
All right, another section, Meddlesome Fools. So as Texans, we are well known to dislike to be told what to do. And um, you'll have people coming in from all over the country who try and campaign in Texas and will try Texan tell Texans how they should campaign or how they should do things. What they don't realize is Texans, we're a breed of our own and we don't go in accordance to how every other person or every other state may campaign. And it's always a learning um a learning time for many other people who come and campaign in the state without having lived in the state. So Texans were told what to do in certain races and they decided they didn't want to listen to it and they sure showed it when they went to the polls. Uh, let's go to Texas District 29. You had Tahir Javed, um, who you may remember that I interviewed. Um, he was endorsed by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer over State Senator Sylvia Garcia. And um, he did come in second, but Sylvia Garcia won the primary by a pretty large margin, she secured her 50% to where there is no need to be a runoff. Um, then you also had Texas District 7, which is in the Houston area, and Laura Moser, who was running in the Democratic primary. She was um, not liked by the National Democratic Party, the DCCC, and they thought of her as being too liberal for the district. Voters didn't care, and she made it to the primary runoff, which will occur on May 22nd. Uh, our governor, Governor Abbott, surprisingly became involved in three state house races within the Republican primary. So he felt that certain Republicans were not uh, Republican enough or conservative enough. So he actually endorsed um, the incumbent's opposition. And he was mainly involved in House District 134, which is um, in the Houston area, like Memorial West University. And it was between Representative Sarah Davis and Susanna Ducopel. And Sarah Davis won by a 12-point margin. And I think if she wins in November against her Democratic um, opponent, uh, she could be giving the governor some trouble. So it looks like there's some inter-party fighting there. And I think that will also happen in Texas District 7 with Laura Moser. I think there will definitely be some inter-party fighting. And the last meddlesome fool is Empower Texas, which is a major Tea Party group. They invested millions of dollars in 16 positions, elected positions, and they only succeeded in two of them. So they were unable to get their far-right conservative agenda in as much as they would have liked. Um, lesson to people is don't be a meddlesome fool in Texas. You won't win. All right, and now... The big question was the red riot versus the blue wave. So the media made a huge deal about Texas potentially turning blue, and it did not happen. You may recall seeing the media all over about early voting turnouts for Democrats were making headlines. They were beating Republicans, and, you know, there was going to be a blue wave, but we got a red riot instead. So as excited as everyone was about voter turnout, just to let you know, we have about 15.1 million registered voters and only 16.5% went to vote in March. It's pretty abysmal. It's still an abysmal overall voter, voter turnout. But, I mean, we're improving in some ways. Um, Republicans had a total of 1.5 million voters and Democrats had 1 million voters. So there was a 500,000 people difference. So just think if you have more people coming out in November, how big of a gap um, that is going to be for the Democrats. Um... And, you know, if you look at the numbers, more people voted for Cruz and Abbott than all the Democratic primary com uh, candidates combined in their respective offices. Um, I do want to say for Democrats to have such a high voter turnout in a non-presidential primary, it's a huge accomplishment. They've come a very, very long way. Um, I do think if the Democrats want to really create a blue wave, they need to be realistic of the amount of work they need to put in it prior to the November election and further on for 2020. 
Um, and to put it bluntly, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to have a progressive candidate win a statewide elected seat in Texas right now. Um, saying difficult, not impossible, but abortion and immigration are two major issues the majority of Texans agree with Republicans on. And until Democrats attain either a larger progressive population in Texas or change their platform to be more center, um, I predict they're going to continue to lose in Texas on statewide races. All right, final thoughts. Get ready for the primary runoffs. They're coming on May 22nd. Um, if you want something to do, start registering voters for the November election. Continue to wise up on your candidates. Attend their meet and greet events. A lot of these um, candidates are hosting events. Go meet them. Go talk to them. Figure out what their platform is. Um, and I'm going to end this on this note that, you know, personally for me, I don't wish for a red ride or a blue wave. I don't care for Texas to be a red state or a blue state. I want it to be a purple state. I want each race to be competitive. I want people to pick the best candidates regardless of party. And I want people to realize one party is not the answer to all the states or country's problems. It's a bipartisan effort. If we have Texas as a purple state, um, both parties will be on their best behavior or attempt to be on their best behavior to really compete for each race and to make sure that they're doing the best um, for this state. Because I feel like when one party gets... Um, in power, they kind of become complacent and they're like, oh, we're in power. We'll be fine. We can kind of do whatever and get away with it. That's why I would rather have Texas in a purple state. And, um, you know, at the end, there are great and terrible candidates in both parties. Please understand this. So please don't do straight ticket voting and always, always wise up on the candidates before you go vote. You have a long time until November. So you have plenty of time to wise up, especially now that most of the ballot is accounted for that, you know, who's going to be on the Republican or Democratic side for these elected officials. All right, folks, that is our segment for today. Um, I hope you all um, enjoyed listening about my analysis on the Texas 2018 primary results. And um, we will continue to be trying to do some interviews um, with some of the candidates. So we hope that you will be staying tuned for that and getting ready to wise up. All right, so don't forget, get educated, get wiser, and let's start doing a hoot until next time.